0: I don't know, a a cheeseburger at a crossing or I don't know, a a random cooler that you find that's got like one can of Coke left (laughs) or whatever, you know, it's, it's all, it's all great, but kind of my preferred trail magic is just the kind of total random act of kindness where the person who was just Oh, cool! I'll help you out. I hadn't planned on doing this, but I'll help you out really well. And you know, everyone says the trail provides, and it, and it really, genuinely does all the time.
1: Welcome to the Hiking Through podcast. I'm Erin Egan, and this is the podcast where I talk to experienced thru-hikers about their adventures on the trail and strategies for successfully completing a thru-hike. Today's guests are Suds and Jen, known off-trail as Jake Russell and Jen Collins. They are approaching their Sobo Hike of the PCT this summer from completely different perspectives. He successfully hiked the Appalachian Trail, while this will be her first thru-hike. In this episode, we highlight their differing concerns and preparation styles for the hike. Bet you can guess who the planner is. You can find this episode and all previous episodes at hiking-through.com, where you can also find show notes, photos, and links for any gear mentioned in this podcast. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Suds and Jen. Hello. Hello. How are you Hi. guys doing? Hey, Jen. Good.
0: <laughs> cool. Nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you as well. How is Ooh. it in Mexico City this afternoon? I was like, wait a second, what time is it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty warm. I just kind of rushed to get back, so I've got a sweaty forehead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was starting to rain, so we might get a little oh, rain. Oh, yeah, it was raining before. So yeah.
1: yeah, hopefully it's calmed down now. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. Though I guess a little ambient noise in the background, right?
0: There's there's a good chance there might be like somebody going past selling gas and shouting for <laughs> gas, or but it'll add add a nice bit, little bit. It would be better in the evenings when there's the roast potato guy going past and they have kind of a a train
1: uh, <laughs> roast potato things. guy,
0: yeah. It's, it's <laughs> basically a big oven and they let a whistle off as the steam escapes and it's very loud but that's only in the evenings though so we shouldn't be interrupted i'm gonna get a chair
1: perfect jen what is your last name by the way collins and you're originally from washington right yeah
2: between seattle
1: and the border okay northern washington well i'm originally from central washington so
2: oh you are where leavenworth oh oh how nice (laughs) Oh, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I love the That's processing awesome. you're going
2: through. Well, because I was just thinking, well, when you do the PCT, like, that'll be awesome.
1: I will have to stop in and see the town from the other side. Yeah.
2: Oh, my goodness. That's great.
1: So I guess my first question is, I I know that Jake did the AT, and uh, among other hikes, obviously. And has he somehow convinced you, Jen, to do the PCT with it.
2: I don't think he convinced me, actually. Um, it was really like on our first date. We, uh, I think maybe even before the first date, Jake said to me, I really would like to do the PCT in 2019. And I was like, what? There's somebody else who wants to do this crazy trail and he lives in Mexico? No way. Like, that's crazy. So I think it was actually kind of something that, that has been... An idea that started a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. has been slowly evolving over that time. Yeah. But
0: we actually kind of talked about it on the first date after a few beers. We were like, right, let's do the PCT together. <laughs> and this was in our third, third venue. We'd had a couple of beers. So.
1: <laughs> what is your guys' plan for hiking that? Because that's, I mean, yes, you now get, hasn't been dating for a couple of years and, and so forth, but that's an intensive. Hardcore togetherness thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what's, what's our plan? You said. Okay. <laughs> our, our plan is to, I suppose, we're we're going to do everything together, but we're very comfortable spending like kind of the day apart if we need to spend that day apart, you know? And that's about it. I mean, like we hike together regularly. I mean, once a week only, but we'll do like 20 mile day and we'll spend some of the time walking together and some of the time walking kind of, you know, maybe point to a part or something like we, there are security concerns in Mexico that we've got to be, we can't be so far apart, but we could easily be a couple of miles apart on the PCT, you know, so yeah, that, that's the plan, I guess.
2: <laughs> I, I remember when when we first started dating, Jake was kind of wondering if I could hike with him, if I could keep up with him, <laughs> and and so he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna go to this place. There's this this park that's kind of right on the outskirts of Mexico City, and it's really nice because it's very wild and it has real trails that you can actually mm-hmm. walk on. And there and there's you know this city is a a pretty high elevation yeah. so it's actually pretty challenging it goes um, up to
0: 13,000 feet this park yeah so.
2: wow and so, so it was probably maybe our second or third date and we <laughs> yeah. went to this park just to see kind of how we would walk how we could walk together <sighs> and I remember just being surprised that we were walking at a very similar pace the whole time like it felt really really comfortable walking with you and which it's really nice when you meet someone who is a good hiking partner and I remember just being really excited about being able to keep up, but also, <laughs> but also that we had such a good time. I think. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, definitely for sure. But uh,
0: Jen's in much greater shape than I am. <laughs> like at, the, at that time, I was like in pretty good form, but I, I let it I let it slip a bit. Uh, but Jen runs every day, so um, <laughs> right, it's now me struggling to keep up. No, right? that's not <laughs> true.
1: What like what are the differences in your heights at this point in terms of like stride length? between um, yeah like how tall are you jake versus how tall are you jen
0: oh okay well, i'm ten, and you're like 5 8, or eight so okay, kind of so, similar you yeah know. yeah there's no there's no kind of like huffing and puffing we're 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 alongside each other most of the way
1: yes. yeah no th- okay that all makes sense then because i have talked to a number of people who are are basically saying they get caught in, particularly the, the woman gets caught in trying to keep up because she's five, four and he's six, four and the stride like the amount of work that she's doing to try to keep up is probably not good for a five month hike.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no worries in that, in that department, I
1: guess. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're taking the approach, Jake, of uh, getting in shape on the trail.
0: Um, n- well, a little bit, but I had, I've had some injuries in the last, over the last year or so. Like at first we thought, I thought it was a back injury. Like I had an MRI and x-rays and things. And they told me that I was having bulging, I had a couple of bulging discs and so on. And so I was really worried about that. And I, and it really restricted my exercise, um, because I thought I was hurting myself, you know, but actually it pro it. Turned out that it probably wasn't my back; it's actually more my hips. And I found this stretch routine now that has kind of just loosened everything up, and I'm having way less problems now, and I'm feeling much more confident. So I'm getting in shape again now. Definitely don't want to be going southbound on the PCT out of shape at the start. So
1: <laughs> no, you start pretty yeah. high up in the mountains, and
0: yeah, it's not like the yeah. desert section. No, for sure. Yeah, it's totally opposite. The to- totally opposite strategy is when I. Uh, did the Appalachian Trail, which was, I was a good twenty-five kilos overweight. I averaged seven miles a day for the first month. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's not happening again. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing we're doing a like a decent warm up hike as well before we hit the Canadian border. We're going to go to Olympic National Park and we're going to do the whole of the Wilderness Coast and the Ho River Valley and. Is that the right pronunciation? I'm not yes. sure, the ho. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and Enchanted Valley as well, right? So we're going to do about two weeks of decent hiking before nice. before we hit the trail. So, yeah.
1: so you sort of do that, the two week, get your legs in shape there versus on the trail, so to speak. That's our hope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah
0: <definitely. laughs> we're we've also we we're, we're both kind of leaving our jobs in the next few weeks, and we're going to have approximately a month of just like downtime in Mexico, and we're going to go yeah. down to Chiapas to San Cristobal de las Casas, and just do a lot of walking. Basically, we chose an Airbnb that's like a, a couple of miles out of town in the hills, so even if we're just going out to the bar, we're going to be doing five miles to go there and back, you know? So
1: So it's going to be sort of like going into town. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) We'll be fine. I'm sure. I hope.
1: Well, I mean, and I think that's the big message that, that has come through loud and clear from everybody is it sounds like a cliche of hike your own hike, but it is sort of that be reasonable with yourself Mm. when you're starting, you know, and, and, don't go crazy with it when you're not ready to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. I, I reread my blog yesterday from the Appalachian Trail just because I'd never I've never read it before, and that I had so much stuff. Like maybe I did at the beginning, but there were so many things that jumped out of me last night. I was like, what? <laughs> that happened. Oh my god! And I remembered it all of it. It was really cool. But in the beginning of the Appalachian Trail, I had Achilles tendon problems. Which, if yeah. I, if those things came to me now, I wouldn't have any problem. I know the stretches to get rid of it. But at the time, I didn't, and so I was walking incredibly slowly. You know, my first day was five and a half miles, and I didn't do my first twenty until maybe a month in at least and that I don't regret it at all you know it mm-hmm. it 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 broke me in to the trail you know right and then I then I was good to go and by the end of the trail uh, there was no stopping me I suppose
1: well and that actually brings up a really interesting question or a good question from my perspective because I'm going into it I've been very clear that I'm going to be turning 50 next year and I've been athletic my entire life which means that I have these injuries that, you know, are issues if I do something stupid. And and sort of that's my question to you, Jake, which is, what were some of the things, the rehab, prehab, on trail stuff that you were doing to keep your your feet? Because you were saying you also had plantar fasciitis at one point and your Achilles Mm -hmm. and stuff that you're going to be doing for your hips and and things like that. Because nobody ever talks about that type of thing on the trail. You know, it's all just hike, hike, hike. And that's what Gets you through it, so to speak.
0: Yeah, the old the old cliche is like, listen to your body, you know which is the most important thing, I guess. But every injury you ha- that I have had, like I've always thought it was the end of the world, the end of my <laughs> hiking. You know, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, and I thought each time I get a little injury, I'm like, I'm never going to be able to do this, you know. And then I'll go and get a scan done, and I'll pay somebody to do this, and. It's all ridiculous because it's just like each time I've had an injury, it's just been a case of trial and error with stretches and exercises until I find exactly what works for me. And once you find that magic kind of recipe, it's just like, oh, I got it. So just keep on doing that. For me, with the Achilles, it was standing on the balls of my feet on a step and lowering myself down for 30 seconds standing up and doing that three, three times and repeating that like five times a day when I was on trail. I was constantly looking for like sharp edges of rocks with a tree next to it. (laughs) So I could hang myself down off the back of it and just be like, ah, yeah, (laughs) you know, but before that, I thought I was ruined. I thought Mm -hmm. never good. I'm not even going to make it to Neil Gap, let alone Katarin, you know? So it's just, it's finding what's right.
1: What about what was working for you with the plantar fasciitis?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure whether it was like technically plantar fasciitis. I don't know because I never got it kind of diagnosed. I right. guess, but my arches were like really stiff and painful, and it and you know I'm not sure how bad it was, but it was worrying. The thing that I found the best was Dollar General was the best. I found a pink bouncy ball like it was a dog chew or something Mm -hmm. it was like really hard but also malleable at the same time and i would just roll your feet squeeze that into the ground and just like roll it back and forth until basically the thing disintegrated and then i'd go to another family dollar or dollar general and find something similar you know so improvisation and uh yeah consistency i guess
2: One of the things that I've been thinking too, is that often when you're doing a hike like this, you don't want to have pain and the pain is such a kind of looming Mm -hmm. dragon chasing you down. But I mean, really, I think it's part of the experience as well. And for me, in some of the, the much smaller hikes that I've done, I, it has been part of the experience as well. And I think, expecting that it doesn't happen might be like part of my concern as well mm-hmm. just i'm i'm probably going in thinking like yeah it's going to be amazing we're going to have great you know views but really it's part of the part of the journey as well just figuring out how to manage those kinds of mm-hmm. injuries and and how to like you know get over achilles tendon pain and, and yeah
0: other kinds of issues. you've been having a little bit right yeah well switching to ultras yeah like the first few days you-
1: uh-huh. oh yeah the zero drop is going to get you yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
0: But we've we've got certified certified his and hers. We're both doing ultra four <laughs> for this trade. Jen came home one day from work and she's like, I got new shoes. I was like, they're the same as mine. <laughs> but well done for getting different colours, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But it's but really it's interesting you like kind of bring up pain because it's kind of like the one one kind of thing that's like a recurrent theme through everybody's stories. Mm-hmm. of the trail you know and especially if especially if you have like a major problem like blisters you know i think that's gonna be God. important. but but if you have the right shoes there's no excuse for blisters i don't think <laughs> just if you're getting bad blisters you've got the wrong shoes it's just a yeah. fact or the wrong socks something's going wrong on your feet i got two blisters on the entire Appalachian trail and it was like minuscule little mm-hmm. blisters you know and i can't remember pain on my, in my feet. I definitely don't, that's not like a kind of a big element of my memory of hiking pain. Okay. Maybe it's just, that I'm a bit in denial about that, but I can't remember ever like having more than achy feet, I suppose. You know? Okay. But then again, last Sunday after our hike, I was complaining nonstop, right? I <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I've got a selective memory.
1: Well, I, and I, it's interesting because when we're talking about pain, I think you're right, Jen, that, that, Doing that hike, doing that amount many miles per day, day after day, month after month, and so forth, you're going to be in pain like there's going to be a level of i should say a level of pain that comes with that and and it's being able to distinguish between that type of pain that's that's pain, but it's discomfort pain as opposed to injury or hurt pain, you know whether that comes from an Achilles issue or a blister or rubbing on your hips or something like that and and making that distinction between those two things and then treating them accordingly.
2: Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if it's also figuring out how to get through even the injury pain, Mm -hmm. like how to get through and, find ways to come back from the injury pain because a lot of, you know, a lot of the accounts of the PCT involve people who were off the trail for a couple of days or even a few weeks. And then Mm -hmm. were able to come back from that, you know, which is nice to see. I I like that people include that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that I was talking to his trail name is Puma Salad, Mm -hmm. but he was talking about the fact that he got to a point on the trail and he just didn't want to be there. And so he was literally gone for like a month or a month and a half and then got to a point off the trail where it's like, okay, like I want to hike. And went back onto the trail and finished being able to being open to the fact that you can make that choice is, is a wonderful thing because I think a lot of people think of it as all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have that. I don't know. The luxury of time to go back I suppose I think that was that's something on the Appalachian Trail that's a little bit more flexible if you get injured on the AT you can get off for like up to a month or even more and get back on but I think on the PCT southbound at least that you don't there's not going to be such a luxury of that so we're going to have to be really careful I don't know yeah
1: yeah if if the message that I keep getting from everybody Grant, you've only talked to one other person who's gone Sobo, but even the northbound people are all talking about the concern of snow and weather in northern Washington. Mm -hmm. They don't get done by a certain date, which is about the end of September-ish. And even then you can get a freak storm versus you guys who are worried about the same thing, but coming through the Sierras.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They say like the 1st of October to get over Forrester Pass. But then looking at the weather reports like I think there's a bit of flexibility there and <laughs> I'm figuring like we take in a couple of days extra food just in case mm-hmm. there is a bit of a snowstorm because looking at the snow records most years except one I don't know which one that was like 2006 or something where most years there's a decent snowstorm and then it will kind of melt off in a few days and then you can right. go over but if you don't have that food just to kind of camp out at the base and, and you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, yeah, you're stuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I do know being in LA, I do know that grant you this is now February into March, weather this, this year we had, which is very unusual for LA. We had rains, heavy rains, literally every week for like a day or so every week. So, you know, I can only imagine what the snowpacks are like up there. God love it. If the, if that, weather or whatever continues into the, into the fall, not to scare you at all, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but well, it was definitely a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're, we're watching the weather report quite eagerly at the moment, like, uh, for Hearts Pass this, mm-hmm. uh, I believe even it's Friday, right? So yeah, I think it's starting to snow right now at Hearts Pass and there's uh, approximately like somewhere between six and 15 inches, over the wow. next few days, they're going to pa- uh, they're going to fall in Hearts Pass, and right now it's something like seventy percent of the kind of average snowpack. So we've been kind of watching that quite <laughs> carefully, but because now the temperatures are kind of increasing, there's a much bigger chance of snow. You know, mm-hmm. I guess like around yeah. that kind of zero two degree Celsius kind of temperature. So fingers crossed, it's at seventy inches at the moment. Fingers crossed, it's not a hundred yeah. uh, in a few days, but <laughs> we'll see.
1: Yeah. Now, when do you guys plan on starting?
2: We're hoping to start end of June, early July, probably. Okay.
1: Yeah. Did yeah. you get your permits through the PCTA? And mm-hmm. okay. yes, yes,
2: yeah. We were we were when first of July, right? We, yeah, for yeah. the first of July.
0: Yeah, but we've we've got a bit of because we're doing the Olympic National Park hike prior, and will be done what there like the twentieth of June or something. So if if there is a quick melt off of snow, Mm -hmm. you know, we might say if it's the middle of June, fingers crossed, we would then come out of the Olympic National Park and go straight, well, you know, pretty much straight away Mm -hmm. up to, well, to Ross Lake, we're thinking of doing and doing the kind of alternative on the PNT the Pacific Northwest Trail for about 35 miles or so, hitting the border and then going back via Hart's Pass and on on. It would be ideal to start about a week or even two weeks after Hart's Pass hits zero Mhm. But you know, it's kind of like the it's the dice game at the moment, like yeah. who knows. <laughs> like you see we we're, we're looking at like the Facebook Sobo 2019 page and and you know, people are obviously concerned about this, but it the, we shouldn't we shouldn't be planning too much, I guess. But we have that luxury of not flying in from miles away yeah. the day before we want to start hiking like a lot of people are doing. Jen's family live in Washington. We're doing a pre-hike. You know, we've got a load of flexibility. Even if it melts off end of May or something, which has happened before, we could just ditch our plans for Olympic National Park and start the trail early. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't want to do that, but it's possible.
1: You're flexible with it. Yeah. Very much so. Did you find that that was the case on the AT? Did you come into the AT with this plan and then find that you couldn't really plan? You had to be... I had no,
0: I had no, well, my plan was go as slow as you can. Okay. Because I had, I had the Achilles tendon issues before the trail. Right. Yeah. I mean, I look back at myself then and go, what were you doing? I had like none of my gear. I didn't even, I didn't even have my (laughs) hiking shoes. Yes, what was that about? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I live in, we live in Mexico City and basically you can't get any good gear down here or what you can. It's 50 to 100% more expensive than the U.S. So I just kinda of figured like I tried so many shoes and everything out here and nothing worked and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna get up there, pay for the shuttle, go to Mountain Crossings in Neal Gap, and I'm gonna just hand my life over to the sales assistant. <laughs> <laughs> and the the shoe fitter at his at the time, oh, I can't remember his name. But I love him forever because he just looked at my feet and he was like, You've got hobbit feet, get these on you. Put them on, and I was like, "You're a genius! You saved my life." <laughs> and I just, I got, I got a lot of my important gear at Neil Gap, at Mountain Crossings. I got my uh, sleeping system, I got my shoes. What else did I get? A few other bits and pieces, and I did. You have a pack? Oh, I got my pack actually. I got my pack the day before. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What pack do I get?" He's like, get the ULA. You'll love it. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> But I don't regret that one bit. You know, I spend spend hours and hours reading about gear and do I buy this? Do I buy that? I went to REI and I bought all the stuff I knew that REI can provide to me. The things like sporks, stove, you know, uh, socks, Mm -hmm. clothes, etc. But I knew that the big things, I'm not going to trust a teenager in REI to do that. No offense to REI.
1: Right. Well, like REI doesn't sell ULA and it doesn't sell some of these very specialty types of gear that you need, essentially, to thru-hike.
0: Yeah. I wanted, I was just like, I want an old man with a beard who lives in the mountains to tell me what to buy. (laughs) And that's exactly what I got.
1: (laughs) And so, so tell me more about Mountain Crossing, because you're the first person to mention this, which obviously was crucial to your thru-hike. Absolutely. This is a gear store in...
0: Yeah, it's it's a place called uh, Neal Gap. It's at the if you're going northbound on the Appalachian Trail, it's at the base of Blood Mountain, which is the first like proper mountain that you climb. It's okay. about thirty miles after uh, Springer, and so I stayed in I forget the name of the town. Is it Delonaga, I think um, in Hiker Hostel, and they have a shuttle that does various routes the day before the hike. So I stayed with those guys. I paid about 60 bucks, I think, to get shuttled around to uh, Neil Gap and Mountains Crossings, which is a gear store right Mm -hmm. on the trail. And I just went there and I spent about, I literally spent like four or five hours there just meeting through hikers that were like four or five days ahead of me, three days ahead of me or whatever, and bought all my gear and I do not regret it. People told me I was crazy at the time, but it was... A little. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I am a bit, but... It was, it was perfect. I would have wasted so much money at REI or mail ordering things mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, like, and so I just, I just factored that into my plan and I went with it and I just, I trusted that the trail would provide and it did. And yeah, and, um, mountain crossings is a great place cause you can get pizza there. You've got ice cream, uh, <laughs> like it's a gear store. There's a picnic table. There's a hostel.
1: They know their demographic.
0: Yeah, it's a, what a great place!
1: Yeah, and, and particularly since they're a few days in, technically a few days in on the on the thru hike, you know
0: mm-hmm. they're
1: they're properly placed for people to come off the trail and just go wild.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they, you know, I, I'm sure they make a lot of money like that. You know, get doing the oh, shakedowns. Yeah. I think they had a sign in the window that said "Get your free shakedown here," or it was like five bucks or something. You know, and someone will like just come and dump you pack out and say, "Throw all of that to send all of that home." And buy mm-hmm. this, this stuff.
1: <laughs> well, and, th- and that's what actually, fu- interestingly enough, one of the things that I'm finding in talking to people is there are a few people who start their through hiking adventures on the PCT or whatever, but most people start on the AT and they seem to literally put everything but the kitchen sink in their backpack. Like it's just random stuff and it's stuff that they have. They don't, they're not s- wanting to spend a lot of money on these things and and so forth. And then they start their hike. Mm-hmm. And things change.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was a guy called Atlas that started around the same day as me. And he literally, I've never heard of a pack this big. It was 82 pounds.
1: Pounds? Yeah. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. And he had it. I mean, he was called Atlas because he, ha- I mean, he literally had a tattoo of Atlas carrying the globe on his back. <laughs> On his, uh, on his calf. Sorry. Yeah. But, and he had this huge pack and it was like his sense of pride or something. And everybody was like, dude, no, no. Well, you never, we never saw him again, obviously. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, he had the kitchen sink in there, I think
1: too. He, he was taking it a little too literally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny, but m- most, m- most people are, are pretty prepared. I'd say.
1: Particularly now with the internet and, how much you can research things. I I think because one of the funnest things is to go down the rabbit hole of gear and, and people's blogs about like, what's good, what's bad, what you should think about and so forth.
0: Yeah. Jen's a, Jen's a certified gear geek.
1: Well, no, I (laughs) wouldn't say that, but I do. I like a good
2: gear video. I like it. I like the, I like the spread. I like people to go through and explain what they've chosen and why, and why it worked and why it didn't. I like, I like, I also like, uh, the rejected gear, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's really fun. Things people sent home for various reasons. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like, I like a good gear video. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so after perusing all of these gear videos, do you now have the right presentation and all of that. So are you going to do your own version of this? I totally think we should. Mm-hmm. I think so. A before and after. Of course, yeah. definitely. <laughs> which is, which is the key because it's what you think, you know, and what you find out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, go on. Sorry. Yeah, well, I, well, we
2: put together a list on pack lighter. Yeah. which has been that's really helpful that website mm-hmm. to kind of get together, you know, what what should go in your what should go in your pack and how much it will weigh and sort mm-hmm. of add, have it added up easily that yeah, way. Yeah,
0: and that nice little kind of pie chart at the top yeah. which divides it between like the kind of you can kind of design your your back areas like is it the sleep system or the food or whatever you know do it however you like and you can really then see like oh what's that big chunk of green i don't need that (laughs) get that out of here please so yeah
2: we're still refining some things though definitely so i think that's going to be part of the shakedown hike for sure at the moment i have an REI two person tent, which is mm-hmm. not bad. It's like not too heavy, yeah, it's not um, too but it's such a standard kind of tent that we're trying right. to decide if we would want to start with that or if we want to sh- yeah. change it out for something that's a bit more,
0: a bit lighter weight. We'll do a couple of hike, a couple of weeks with with this. We we hiked in Gran Canaria in Europe uh, like a year and a half ago using the tent, and it was fine. But yeah. it was just we did like three four days. But it you know it's not too heavy. It's Two-person tent, three pounds or whatever, which is obviously more heavier than other tents. Mm -hmm. But is it worth $600 or $400 to get rid of one pound? Uh, My opinion is no, especially when we're going to be cowboy camping some of the time or a lot of the time, potentially, you know. But we'll see how it goes in the Olympic National Park. We definitely need a tent in June in the ONP because it's going to rain, 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 rain. So, yeah. 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 But we'll, we'll see.
1: I, mean, I guess on the flip side of that, the question would become if you go with a lighter tent or what have you, which may be fine starting out in Washington, but by the time you get down to the Sierras, are you going to want something that's a little heavier, which obviously means a little bit more weight, but in terms of the fact that, you know, likely snow and, and things like that. Yeah.
2: Yep. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the other the other thing. I have a, like a very light sleeping bag, but it's pretty low yeah, it's yeah. like thirty. It's, it's thirty degree enough. rating. <laughs> yeah, I keep, I keep saying it's not good enough. And the thing is, it's it, for me so far, it's been fine. But I still think we need to. We'll need to s- switch it out later. Oh on yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I keep hearing people say ten or fifteen degree bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. If stiff. it gets too hot, you can make them into a pseudo quilt. But uh-huh. yeah. you know, or throw your leg out. But yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like kind of at that junction in life where it's like quilt or bag and I just uh, I don't know I don't know what to do I'm tempted to go to the quilt but oh it's a difficult decision (laughs) especially when I can't try it you Mm -hmm. know like being in Mexico City you (laughs) the the only the only sleeping bags you can get here are Coleman basically (laughs) or you're going to be spending like five hundred dollars on something that would cost you two hundred in REI you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's tricky to decide, and like yet again, I find myself semi-gearless before a huge hike. But that's the way I've always been, you know. I like it's like Christmas. Wake up, right? Got to hike five months. Let's go shopping. Woohoo!
1: <laughs> that's just the way you roll. Yeah,
0: it's the way I roll. Sure.
1: Was there any takeaways that you had from the AT that you're that has helped you prepare for this, and/or that you've talked to Jen about? Um, And doing something of this scale, this nature.
0: Yeah, I think we've got a slightly different, uh, I don't know what the word is, a, a slightly different outlook on like Jen's very Excel focused. Tell her about your
1: excels. (laughs) Excel? Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Okay. So, all right. I I work in editing. So Mm -hmm. part of that is a lot of planning, basically. And, like, you just really – I'm a little bit of, like, an over-planner to say, to put it mildly. And the other day, I think Jake came home and I was like sitting on the computer and, and I had an Excel open. And I was like, I'm mapping all of our mileage and, and and stops along the way for the trail. You know, I just wanted to see that it could be done, basically. Mm-hmm. And Jake's like, Jen, that's, it's impossible to plan the whole trip from the beginning. You have to yeah. like let it kind of go and, and see where it comes. So I think I ended up, kind of going through and my compromise was trying to put together like our resupply so yeah which I think is useful but I do think that we do have a different approach in that way that yeah. I do I like to kind of think about okay where where will we be probably tonight or tomorrow night or maybe the night after that and Jake is much more kind of open-minded about where we mm-hmm. would go and usually I'm pretty flexible it's just that I like to kind of yeah I like to kind of have a plan and
0: that's fine no. <laughs> But for me, I haven't thought past Stehekin in any way. You know, like Stehekin being about—I don't even know—I don't even know how many miles it is from the border. But it's not that far. It's maybe like sixty to a hundred miles right. or something. You know, uh, we're going to do the thirty miles to the border. We're going to then do thirty miles to Hearts Past. Past, sorry. And then it's a couple more days to Stehekin, I guess. And then we're meeting Jen's family there. So we've got to figure out the logistics in order to be able to do that zero day and like really kind of make that work. But then for me, at least the way I'm looking at it after that, it's just what happens today will determine what happens tomorrow kind of thing. And approximate, like, okay, it's going to be five to six days till our next resupply. So let's take six days of food until we actually figure out how many days it's going to be exactly, you know. But yeah, I think on the AT, I was quite... I planned quite a lot, and then there was a point. I, I think I, I, I think my uh, the A guidebook that I had. Anyway, so I lost the book at one point, or it got soaked or something. I can't remember, and I didn't. I just knew it was thirty-four miles to the next town, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how many hills there were. I didn't know where the water was. I just knew there was water and I just went for it and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Instead of looking at, I've got to climb this bloody big slope and then I've got to go down for 10 miles and then do, and it's just like, oh no, please, I don't want to know what's happening. And I've taken that philosophy ever since a little bit, just as long as I know the major bits, as long as I'm not endangering myself, then just roll with it.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's been a really... Great gift to me as well, because then it kind of caused me to relax a little bit about, you know, what the first few weeks on the trail would look like, mm-hmm. making sure that we w- actually wouldn't be doing huge miles those first few weeks, mm-hmm. and then just kind of thinking about how we can have more fun on the trail as well. My dad is going to join us um, probably around Rainy Pass and hike with us into Stahecon, which has been like a, nice. like a dream of his for years, like to hike with <laughs> me into Stahegan. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And Jen's dad's a hardcore hiker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, way back. Yeah. yeah. Where he hitched
0: across the country. Like how old was he when he did that? Like young, 18. right? Eighteen, and then Sweet. went and like, hiked in the Pacific Northwest and mm-hmm. fell in love, and then lived
2: there, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was like his. That's his sort of hiker origin story. Yeah, <laughs> and it became ours as well. I think mm-hmm. all of all of us kids. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a that I think is a big uh, will be a will be kind of really nice and bring things full circle in the very beginning of the trail. <laughs> so
1: right, yeah. And it's nice to be able to look forward to that. Yeah. As you're getting used to the trail.
2: Yeah, yeah. He always has, He he's a, like one of these people who's like an atlas a little bit. He's got a lot of stuff on his back. Yeah. And he always has an extra down jacket just just in case, just you know. He has, a down jacket. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Or in case you need a, a down jacket yeah. or a space blanket. He like, he's one of the, the, he likes to carry space a space blanket. blanket. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, it'll be. I think it'll be really nice to kind of hike with him for a couple of days.
0: But he's also big on the PCT too. Like you know, he he regularly does which part parts to to
1: rainy, rainy. Is it yeah.
0: okay? And so he'll regularly meet through hikers and kind of sit down, and give them a bit of food or have a chat with them. So he's you know he knows he knows all about the PCT,
2: bandage people's feet and yeah. stuff.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well because he's a fire chief, so he he's got all that medical. So he's training. got all that too.
1: So he, he, he hands out a little trail magic, trail angeline. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't think about that, but he got, he does kind of in yeah. the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere, literally. <laughs> and it's, it's at the point where either people are just starting or just finishing or getting close to finishing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's definitely, I think he, he told me that there was a, su- a South southbounder that he like bandaged his feet. Cause he had like a tons of blisters or something. Yeah. Poor guy. Um, a few years ago. And <laughs> I think the guy was
1: pretty happy, able to walk on. <laughs> and that's the key, isn't it? Just being able to walk on.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. What was Jake, what was your experience with, like trail magic, trail angels, that kind of thing on the AT. And I guess the other question, since you have done a lot of other hiking besides just the main trails in the U.S., mm-hmm. does that thing exist on these other trails at all?
0: Um. Okay. So what? Yeah. First question was, um, what was my experience, experience
1: right? Or, and or if you wanted to just, just simplify it to like, what was your best experience, or what was how did those experiences strike you?
0: I mean, obviously, every. Every kind of act of kindness that you come across is phenomenal and you really appreciate it. Whether it be, uh, I don't know, a a cheeseburger at a crossing or, I don't know, a a random cooler that you find that's got like one can of Coke left or (laughs) whatever, you know, it's, it's it's all great. But kind of my preferred trail magic is just the kind of total random act of kindness where the person who was just, oh, cool, I'll help you out. I hadn't planned on doing this, but I'll Mm -hmm. help you out really well. And, you know, everyone says the trail provides and and it really genuinely does all the time. I suppose, I don't really know. There are like great trail angels like Miss Janet on the AT. Everybody knows Miss Janet. She's a lovely person. She follows the herd up and she transports people around and one of the most kind of down-to-earth people in the world and so on and so forth, you know. But I suppose one that really stands out to me is, well, when I was hiking in Italy on the Via Francigena, which is kind of like the Camino de Santiago, but in Italy, mm-hmm. I was just kind of hanging out outside a church on a wall, eating some bread and cheese, as you do. <laughs> and a nun came kind of wobbling out of a church. She's like 80 odd years old. And she's just kind of says, kind of indicates to me a knife. She kind Mm -hmm. of gestures and I'm like, what? Okay. And I get my knife out. And then she just like pulls out this massive thing of salami from her habit and like, slices me the end of her salami off and, and just, just throws it at me basically. Oh, and gives me a couple of tomatoes as well. So I'm just cool. wow. Thanks. grazie, grazie. You know, I just, I speak Spanish fluently, but I don't speak Italian. So I just spoke loud and slow in Spanish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as we do in
0: another language. Yeah, exactly. It works really well. <laughs> it Spanish, Italian translation works really well. Yeah, so that was great, but probably like the, the most generous going out of your way trail magic that I ever got was before I did the JMT and I well, was using the Facebook pages to kind of get advice and stuff. And because I resupplied a Muir Trail Ranch and, you know, you they they you get a paint bucket and fill it with food and they send it up on the mules and then you pick it up and it's kind of expensive, but it's also, you know, like whatever. And I was unable to send myself a bucket of food with sufficient time to get it to the trail ranch when I arrived. And so randomly, a girl on, on Facebook messaged me and said, I'll do it for you. Just buy the food, send it to my house, and then PayPal me 100 bucks, and I'll do it for you. And I was like, wow, cool so she did it all like out of the goodness of her, of her heart it cost me exactly the same money as it would have done doing it myself but i mm-hmm. didn't actually do any of it myself you know so <laughs> shout out to way from los, An- los angeles and i think she lives in portland these days so yeah she's she's she was a good trail angel for sure yeah and then to the second question uh, is it different anywhere else i suppose it's it is different but it's more kind of random acts
1: like I the guess. nun
0: yeah, exactly. Like the uh, Yeah, I don't know. What about in Gran Canaria? Did we have any trail magic in Gran Canaria?
2: Um, oh, more like serendipitous mm-hmm. moments, but not actually, yeah, like trail magic per se.
0: Oh, when we got lost, though.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah we we got, got really lost. lost. It and was we were like, fault. we were, we were <laughs> crawling our way up a like hill with, um, with like agave plants, like huge agave plants that were like attacking us basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was like very intense. And then, oh,
0: there. No, I'm talking about when we got lost at night and we were hiking yeah, the in the time. dark on New Year's Eve and it was getting kind of close to midnight.
2: <laughs> how many times did we get lost in Grand Canoe? Yes. Yeah. Very good question. <laughs>
0: Apparently. Well, I just, you know, it's the role with it attitude. <laughs> Come on. We're in the middle of Atlantic. It's nice and warm. We're not going to die. It's fine.
2: (laughs) So now you understand my spreadsheets.
1: (laughs) Totally get the
0: spreadsheets. Yeah. But we ended up in a restaurant. Jen was definitely not happy with me. Um, (laughs) I thought I'd ruined the holiday on the first day. But then we went into, we just kind of like rolled up into a restaurant on New Year's Eve with fully reserved. Nobody can come in, but they let us in. We had a couple of glasses of wine there was an English family next to us. They said, just wait until we finished our dinner and we'll drive you up to the hostel that you missed. And so he dumped his family and took us and a German family as well that had got lost (laughs) and, and just drove us all the way to the top of this bloody great big mountain. And then we arrived just in time for New Year's Eve, big dinner in the hostel that we were staying at with like 20 people and the wine was flowing. And it was just, it was two hours of misery followed by like several hours of fun. So that was good trail magic too.
1: It it sounds like well in the in the states we actually have words for it we have names for it, these things happening it like you said it doesn't necessarily apply or it's not necessarily the same in in Europe or whatever but the same things are still happening. Yes. Yeah, you sure. know, where where people are going out of their way to help or that basically in one respect or another kind of saves the moment or saves the day because a lot of times it feels like from what you guys are saying and from what other people are saying is a lot of times trail magic happens just at the point where you're sort of at your lowest and, and you're like, what am I doing here? And then all of a sudden something happens. You're like, Oh, that's what I'm doing here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And some superhero comes along and saves your life (laughs) or just, or just brightens your day up a bit. Yeah. A piece of chocolate can change your life when you're wet and knackered, you know, exhausted and, um, and you're just suddenly like, Oh, great. Now I'm having a good day. Cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's literally going to be the quote that comes away from this episode. A piece of chocolate can change your life. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Like it.
1: (laughs) Speaking of chocolate, like what are your, what was your plan on the AT for food? And then what is your plan on this one for food?
0: My plan on the AT, oof, I don't think I, I'm not sure I, I, I read about it on whiteblaze.net. I don't know if you know that website. I'm guessing it still nah. exists. It's okay. like a, the, it's kind of one of, it's like the original forum, I guess, for Appalachian Trail advice. And so I just, you know, they have the different pages for food and things. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I got the basics, high density calorie, right? The kind of, the biggest kind of, you know, biggest bang for your, Pound, I guess, and so I just kind of just followed what other people did. I just, you know, pesticides, ramen, tuna, Snickers, all of that. Oatmeal in the morning. I just kind of threw stuff in in the in the supermarket trolley and looked down and went and kind of divided it up more or less and messed it up and figured it out. And that that was my strategy, I think. You know, and by by the, I think I ate a pesticide. Pretty much every day. And we went hiking last weekend, which was probably our first hike where we both completely just killed it and we were like, okay, we we're gonna be able to at least have a good go at the PCT this year. And I decided to get a pasta side, Alfredo, and some tuna packs. And we had it for lunch at the top of this thirteen thousand foot mountain. And as soon as I had the second bite, I was just instantly regretting it. And all my bad memories of (laughs) cooking pesticides out of a Foster's beer can on a cat foods alcohol stove in Maine on a, on the daily came flooding back. And I said right there and then we're not eating one bloody pesticide on this entire trail. (laughs) So
1: you were having flashbacks. Yeah, pretty
0: much. I was just like, oh my god, this tastes so bad. Like, initially, it tastes okay. But then it just, oh, that, no, 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 never again. So we're, we're, what are we doing? Well, you've got some – you had some good news from your colleagues the other day. Right?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I told my colleagues to – people want to get going-away gifts, and I told mm-hmm. them to buy us, like, Mountain House and Backpacker's Pantry and – Green Belly. Green Belly and – All the fancy stuff that you're not going to normally pro bars. buy. bars, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but we're going to – I think we're going to be a lot more careful about our food. Yeah. We've budgeted – not super generous, but healthy amount of money per person per week for food. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to adapt as we go along. We're definitely, we're definitely going to be sending resupply boxes in Washington Mm -hmm. because you, you kind of have to, unless you're going to, you're happy to eat pure sugar all day. Right. So we're probably going to, we're not going to do any of that until we've done our hike in the Olympic national park. And we're probably just, we're going for the biggest variety that we possibly can like a Mm -hmm. different dinner every night, even if it costs us more money, just to kind of figure out what we feel like at the end of the day. Are we going to want to eat the same thing each day? Or are we going to have two stoves and make our own dinner and then maybe share it or whatever happens, you know? And then the last few days before we hit uh, the border, we're going to go out and probably do, I I don't even know, like three or four mail drops Mm -hmm. for Washington, and, and then for the rest of the trail, mail ourselves stuff at those key points that you need to mail yourself stuff, but from the trail.
1: Right. So go into town and do the planning at that point where you know what your taste buds are saying and you yeah. know what your calorie intake is going to be. Cause I'm assuming that that also is changing as you, as you go along and, and the, your body density changes as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We've got three resupplies in Washington, three in Oregon, and then probably four, three to four in California. Although in California, it's a little bit more flexible. You don't need as many, but our plan is probably, you know, my parents have agreed to help (laughs) a little, uh, they will help send out some packages yeah. for us in Washington state. And then in Oregon, we'll go into Portland because my sister lives in Portland. Nice. We'll do the resupply. We'll set up the resupply boxes there based on what we've learned from Washington. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the, the rolling plan
1: there.
0: Yeah. yeah. You see where the XLS are coming. In that, like,
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like, <laughs> you're sort of Jake, you're sort of getting the best of both worlds. You can uh, sort of be loose and then, but Jen's got the plan. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you're kind of riding the coattails of the plan, but also the flexibility of not having a plan. Yeah,
0: exactly, right? <laughs> Luxury living.
2: <laughs> I think I think the one thing that has always been, you know, that has gone through my mind is like really literally when you walk into a supermarket and actually try to do a resupply in the market, mm-hmm. like how long does it actually take? Because I've never done that before. Usually I've always worked from a box or from or from something that we you know had right. a couple of days to kind of repackage and, mm-hmm. and get ready how how do you get that you know
0: going? I don't know I, you just kind of the most important thing is going and eating the biggest burger you can find first. <laughs> like if you don't do that that that's a bad mistake. You want to go in full and satisfied um, and then, figure out what you want because it's not you're not going to be making decisions on based on your hunger at that moment i guess and or you're not going to make any silly decisions you kind of go oh i'm going to buy that really expensive thing or whatever i don't know but half an hour maybe it was and my average resupply
2: at a guess on the at do you repackage a lot of stuff
0: yeah definitely okay. yeah always, right, always. I always i if it's a big resupply you'll find somebody else to split a, a box of Ziplocs with or something like that. Or well, hopefully you've reused them from before, but it would probably be like five or six times on the trail, like, like a big box. And then just get into the – just dump it all outside Walmart in the middle of like Virginia and <laughs> throw all the trash away and fill your food bag off and off you go. Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it, it sounds like – because you, you lost a, a lot of weight on the –
0: at yeah yeah
1: and and grant you you do say that you had some weight to lose when you started the at but yeah you were down at you said to like 150 pounds which is really
0: low i i even saw some pictures the other day that uh, that popped up on facebook of me six months after the trail
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i was way too skinny I probably, I don't know. I went from, I don't know what the poundage is, but I went from like 100, and, 100 kilos thereabouts down to 150 pounds. I don't know. The problem is I went, from, metri- met- yeah. Yeah, I went from metric to imperial. So I, I don't really know. Yeah, it was like a good 25 kilos or something, like 50 pounds more thereabouts.
1: Yeah, that's about what it would be in that translation. Yeah. Besides for the culture clash. But anyway. Yeah, I, I got a bit
0: I got a bit obsessed after the trail as well. I would... It was, it was unhealthy. I don't know if I'd say it, if it was anorexia or not, but mm-hmm. you got blasted with stories all the time of you're going to get fat when you go off the trail. And I've always been chunky. So I was like, hell no, I'm not getting chunky. I'm not getting fat when I get off the trail. So I was really careful. I carried on hiking and I was doing 10 miles a day on average after the trail and eating carefully. So I just kind of stayed. But it, well, and it, you had... Sorry.
1: No, I was going to say, you had also mentioned in your blog that you're reading the book Appalachian Trials or Trails, yeah. whatever. And, and he had some specific recommendations for how to avoid the the freshman 15, so to speak.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Zach Badger Davis. He's he's a, He lives in uh, Denver, Colorado, and he wrote that book the year after he hiked the trail. And I just kind of, I bought it um and loved it and i kind of i took a lot of his advice uh, advice on board and Mm -hmm. i think that chapter probably had like the biggest impact for not turning in into a fatty after the trail i guess (laughs) like i was just like zach says don't do this like okay zach i'll do it And um, yeah, maybe I forgot but, the original question, but yeah. No, but,
1: but it also sounds like your plans, your guys' plans for the the PCT in terms of the food is much more nutrient, uh, covering much more different nutrient bases, like fats, proteins, and carbs, as opposed to being almost strictly high carb type of thing with random bits of protein or fats.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, go
2: ahead. No, you yeah, good for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I think yes basically in a, in a word yes like I I really want I personally want to be have a much more like healthier diet more balanced higher quality food because I'm getting old and like it's <laughs> not it's not as cool to eat tons of sugar all day every day anymore and I've had I had an operation recently not not nothing major just a minor little thing in my intestines and so you know, I've got to be careful. I've got to cut out all that process. Not all the process crap, but quite a lot of it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be buying those pepperoni packs from Walmart anymore more that has those like do not eat sachets inside it. That's, you know, it's just <laughs> chemicals. And God knows which part of the pig they've put in there, you know? So I'm not eating that anymore. But apart from that, yeah. Um, yeah. We're going like good quality... Butters, you know, Almond Butters. What's that company called? I forget, but that company. Justin's. Justin's, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Justin's Peanut
1: Butters or Butters, different?
0: Uh-huh. Olive oils and I don't know. We're going to go like kind of a happy medium of trash and good food, I would say.
1: Moderation. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you were also, I mean, circling back to the a- uh, yeah, AWOLS, no, not A-Wals, uh the Appalachian.
0: Trials. Trial, <laughs>
1: trails book. Trials, yeah. You had also, in your blog, were mentioning that he had some specific notes about the hiking and the mental preparedness for the hiking and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that you had actually also taken on board a lot. Can you speak to that? And then, like, what have you communicated to Jen about that? Because obviously this is her first experience with this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were actually talking about it last night, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically, Badger, Zach Badger, kind of details in one of his chapters, it would be a good idea for you to kind of write down, I forget all the categories, but it was, like, why are you doing this? Why are you not doing whatever you're doing now? You know, or what, what's mm-hmm. going to happen? Or how are you going to feel? Or how are other people going to think of you when, if you quit and get off the trail?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because there's, you know, everybody's going to have that moment where you're just like, screw this, I'm going home. Yeah. Um, so you write it down and I did actually do this I didn't think I would but I did and I had carried my little journal with me and I wrote down and I had a couple of pages at the back of the book where I wrote down all of these things and I'd say on like definitely one occasion but maybe two occasions I kind of opened that up and had a look at it and went oh yeah cool Uh, who cares that my foot hurts or who cares that it's raining I'm here for like um, I've got my reasons for being here, you know? So I, 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 that, that was kind of cool. And also I blogged for him. I was like, I maybe the second year of bloggers for him. And now he, he runs the trek.co, you know? So, and he has like tons of trail correspondence every year and they do all their vlogging and all of that stuff, which is great. And chance as well, you know, she's Mm -hmm. cool and she's hiking the AT this year right now. But I I, I think I was like his first or second blogger. Me and Joe did it in 2012. And it was really cool, like getting to interview him by email. And it's actually in my blog. And I read it yesterday and I was just like, what? I can't even remember this. (laughs) And like, but he gave some really good advice. And I sent him an email and I was like, hey, man, thanks for that advice. I forgot (laughs) this happened, basically. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was good.
1: And then I guess what have you then communicated to Jen. Oh yeah. Like, sorry. You know, you were, so, you were talking about like last night or whatever. Uh,
0: I just, can't, I, I think I just just des- kind of described that experience really. And, um, what did you take from that?
1: Yeah. I think some of
2: like, I think it's really important to have a statement of purpose when you're hiking mm-hmm. something that goes on this long and to think about, yeah, to think about the moments that potentially may not be the most, mountain top, you know, I think there will be definitely difficult moments. And I think that's been really nice, kind of managing, managing sort of my own expectations, because in general, when I'm hiking, I really enjoy it. And I, mm-hmm. I you know, I have great, you know, memories of hiking trips that I've taken. And so I think those are the things that you remember when you're done hiking, not difficulty so i think some some of that mental kind of the mental preparedness gets you ready for the actual experience of being on the trail
0: and hopefully we're not both having a bad day at the same time so we can be a reminder for each other and be like hey you remember going into that office every day (laughs) we don't have to do that anymore yeah (laughs) so it'll be a good reminder you know little little angel on the
1: shoulder yeah I think we do that for each other now. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Yeah. So just to be devil's advocate here,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: what is the plan, dare I call it, if you're both having a bad day at the same time? I think that's a good question. <laughs> good
0: question. <laughs> do we have a good answer?
2: Um, yeah. What, one of the things that's been nice about um, our, you know, experience in Mexico City, but also, you know, our experience hiking, because we have had, certain days where we've gone hiking in Desierto de Leones, this park that I was mentioning where Mm -hmm. we have definitely both been kind of in grumpy moods waking Mm -hmm. up. And I Mm -hmm. think, I think the thing that's kind of helped me the most is just sort of knowing that we can talk about it, like knowing that we can talk it out and kind of like support each other and that we've experienced that before and like dealt with it.
0: Yeah. And, and also like just, I guess don't be afraid to like just stop hiking, you know, and be like, I'm going to go for a swim in that lake, whether or not I've got a deadline Mm. or eat some good food or have a siesta or do whatever and kind of have like hit the reset button quickly, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing, there's not a greater feeling that like, or a change in attitude more than like having a shower or Mm. eating a cheeseburger or just kind of... I don't know, finding a cool waterfall and having a quick swim or something. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like going, whoa, chill out, stop for a second, hit the reset button and then start again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be a good strategy.
2: When I was hiking the John Muir trail, I went with one of my best friends. We had hiked with each other before and we knew how Mm -hmm. we hiked together and everything, but we were both having issues like stomach problems Mm -hmm. and couldn't woke up one day and we were like about six miles from, uh, VVR Vermilion Valley Ranch. And, uh, we're not planning to go there for resupply or anything, but we were both just like in really bad, like really bad, uh, like really low calorie issue, like bad calorie problems. Mm -hmm. Couldn't, you know, couldn't get enough calories in our, in, in us and, and realized we needed to go into VVR and took the detour and it, totally changed our hike because we realized we were having a, a problem with the food that we had packed and we able then to go and fix it later on. Once we, once we kind of realized what was going on. And I think for us that was, that made a, the difference in the whole hike. So little moments like that, I think do kind of change, change your experience.
0: Yeah. It's just, you've got to kind of like stick it out until that moment and then seek, seek out a moment and it will, it will change your whole attitude. Very very quickly, you know. I don't know. I think I think I, I I read it in my own blog yesterday, which I couldn't remember writing. But I when I was in Harpers Ferry, I wasn't like particularly enthused. A lot of people got off at Harpers Ferry, which is more or less at the halfway. It's just shy of the halfway point. No bow on the eighty, and then I said, "You go." I went. I did another day and a half or something, and all of a sudden, my whole attitude had changed to the hike because I reached the halfway mark. I it was like. Everybody had got off and went to D.C. to hang out or whatever, went to see family. And all of a sudden, I was in a new bubble of hikers that had come back from doing that sort of thing. And I was like totally, you know, like kind of, for want of a better word, reborn on the trail. You know, it was just like, oh, sweet. I'm starting again. Let's go. You know, I met a ton right. of new friends who were like really enthusiastic about the trail, like documentary makers and all of these these guys, like uh yeah shout out to dick (laughs) flap
1: speaking of trail names yeah (laughs) your trail name on the at was suds yeah so i'm sure that there's a story behind it because there's a story with every one of them so like what was that story and then are you assuming that you're going to kind of continue with that or are you looking to start over
0: uh, well, I'm definitely looking to start over. Like, I'm okay. getting rid of Suds. Uh, the, okay, the, the actual naming part was kind of bland. It was basically a guy that I started with, and he thought my name was Suds. Like, he I turned up in a shelter, and he was like, oh, you got your trail name, Suds. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm still Jake. And he was like, no, no, I like." Somebody told me you were called Suds. And I was like, okay, sounds cool. I'll take it. You know, I just mentioned mm-hmm. uh, another trail name before. And I was like, I'm not having that name, you know, or something similar. So I'll take something that's literally clean, but also means beer, you know. But it also, it there kind we go. Of, yeah, <laughs> but it, but it kind of suited in a couple of ways because there were this was at about mile 150-ish. I think it was just oh, – I can't remember. Somewhere, around, somewhere in North Carolina, Franklin-ish. I'm not sure. But on Blood Mountain just before uh, Neil Gap, where Mountain Crossing shop is, um, I was on the top of Blood Mountain just hanging out. It was a beautiful sunny day. Like I didn't have rain for the first month, literally. Like My feet didn't get wet. Anyway – Enjoying the day, and there's this kind of guy there, and he came up to me, and he's like, oh, "You're a thru hiker," and I was like, "Yep," and he's like, "Cool, great," you know. Well, I didn't say yes. Sorry. At that point, you say, "Not yet. I'm trying to," really sheepishly. But he was an he was a thru hiker, but from
1: 1979.
0: Wow. Yeah, uh, Acorn Ass. His name was, <laughs> and um, so I got chatting to him, and he. He was, we we got, you know, we, we had a long conversation talking about stuff. I was asking him about his experience back in the seventies doing it and so on. And he was like, oh yeah, cool. We'll get down to, get down to Neil Gap and get yourself a pizza and a beer. It's going to be a great evening and so on. And so I was like, wait, they've got beer. I just thought there was no beer. I thought it was a dry county. And he was like, no, definitely beer in Neil Gap. Right. So I start walking off thinking, wow, I'm gonna have a beer. This is gonna be fantastic. His brother comes screaming after me going, Jake, Jake, there's no beer in Neil Gap. I'm so sorry. And, um, and so I was like a little bit, you know, disappointed for a second, but he was like, but don't worry. Acorn ass is gonna save the, save the day. We'll see you there in two hours. So I get down to Neil Gap, check into the hostel. And Acorn Ass and his brother and family turn up with a ton of beers for me. And so, I not well, not a ton. There were a few beers. And so I kind of managed to share it around in a dry county. Mm-hmm. So that kind of worked quite well. And a couple of other kind of stories that happened along the way that were related to beer. So I was like, cool, I'll take suds. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And and you're British, so it sort of kind of goes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's like... With the and, whole thing. And if any grandparent asks, I'm just like... That's because I like carried soap with me, and I was really clean, you know. So, <laughs> so something along those lines. But I'm definitely looking yeah. for a new one on the PCT for sure.
1: Right, and it's it basically Jen can't name you. She can name me. Oh, really? really? Okay. Not not
0: now. Not before.
1: Right, it, but it, once you're on the
0: on the trail, trail, yes.
2: Oh, okay.
0: If I if I. Step on a badger or something. You know, like I fully expect to be named right there and then, like w- whatever may happen.
1: <laughs> if you've been following along, it won't surprise you in the least to learn that this conversation went long. So, this ends part one of my conversation with Jake and Jen. Next week, we'll bring you the second part. But if you do want to reach out to them in the meantime, Jake can be found on Instagram at hike.harily. H-A-I-R-I-L-Y. And Jen can be found on Twitter at Collins Jen. They can be found together on their website at jenandjakehike.com. notes and links for jake and jen's gear can be found on our website at hiking-through.com special thanks to jen and jake for sharing their stories from the trail and maya Wynn for the use of the song try again we'd love to hear about your trail adventures as well so please email me at hiking through podcast at gmail.com or you can also dm me on instagram at hiking through podcast we would also love it if you would find us on your favorite podcast provider and leave a review. I'll see you on the trail.